Hi, everybody, and welcome to the NDSC podcast, a place where management faculty and PhD students share about their journeys and stories in academia. Before we start this next episode, huge thanks to one of our sponsors, Karma. Uh, for anybody that maybe hasn't heard about Karma before, especially pre-doc students, new doc students, right? Karma is the consortium for the advancement of research methods and analysis. So Karma is a place where we can get, I would say, the best training, right? Especially around methods, right? So they have online workshops, videos, courses, right? And they also organize in-person trainings, right? So Karma um, was a huge sponsor, uh, I think that shows the commitment there is in the field, in the management field, and from organizations like Karma to really train PhD students, right? And even junior faculty and senior faculty, kind of like with state-of-the-art methods, right? So thank you very much to Karma for all their support, for sponsoring the New Doctoral Student Consortium this year at AUM. We really appreciate it. And if you haven't uh, heard about Karma, I'm going to add the link to their website uh, at the bottom of, of our podcast episode, and you can check them out, uh, check the courses, check everything they do. And they have also a partnership, right, where if you are a, a AOM member, uh, you have a lot of access to um, a lot of their content. So thanks again, Karma, one of our big sponsors. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this new set of episodes uh, that we're recording live from the Academy's Management Annual Meeting here at Boston. So I'm here with uh, my colleague, Beatriza, uh, who started helping me out, and, and she was part of the Pure Fees interview. And our guest today is Jennifer Nargan from Iowa University. Uh, quick intro about Jennifer. I met her uh, during my MBA program at Arizona State, and she was super helpful for me through kind of like understanding all this process of applying to PhD programs, what to consider and everything. So I'm very happy to have her here because she gave me a lot of advice when I was looking into PhD programs. So now she can share that advice with more people because it was, I think, fundamental for me to have a good uh, kind of like application process and kind of like know what needs to happen. So thanks, Jennifer, for being here with me, with Beatriza. Thank you for the opportunity. So a little bit of what I do to start, I always start like with an icebreaker and instead of write, like start bombarding you with questions about your research, your kind of academic career, I like to know, kind of like first, the, the person, right? And then the academic. So maybe something you can share about you that has nothing to do with academia, with research, with the university, maybe a hobby, what you do in your free time, uh, another passion that has nothing to do with, with academia. So probably the most, one of the more unique things about me is I was married at Wrigley Field, mm. uh, where the Chicago Cubs play. And I also have season tickets to the Chicago Cubs. So I see... I watch a lot of baseball nice. with my husband. So, yeah. That's pretty awesome. So, so uh, I don't remember what was, was it like the GOAT course or like there was like this course, right? Because you, the, the Chicago Cubs, long oh, time. Oh, the they curse, didn't... the GOAT curse is the, uh, is actually I think Boston, but yes, oh, it so took 108 it. years for the Chicago Cubs to win a World Series. Yeah. So, so. yeah. Now is a good time. Now to is be a good a, time a really, to be a Cubs uh, fan. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So. Perfect. That's a very nice, I didn't know that. So that's awesome. Um, so the first question is, uh, what brought you to, to this career, right? Like, what was your process on, oh, I want to become an academic, a researcher, a professor? 
how did that look for you and your mom? So I was fortunate that my undergrad's from Oklahoma State, and I got to know a lot of my professors as an undergrad, which doesn't always happen, but I was able to get to know them, and I always thought it looked like a really fun career. Uh, what I didn't know, because a lot of them had stayed at Oklahoma State, is that uh, it's much more of a dynamic career than I expected in terms of people moving and um, I really didn't understand the research aspect. I just saw kind of the teaching aspect, but um, I always thought that would be a fun career to go into. And so I did work for about five years for ExxonMobil um, and then just kind of came a point in time where it was one of those decisions where it was either I'm going to go get my PhD now or I'll probably never have the opportunity again. So after working for about five years, I went back and got my PhD. And then when you like how was like maybe a little digging a little bit deeper right like oh i want to be more like an ob person or like a strategy person how this and maybe that was before applying or once in the, in the program right no so that yeah that's an interesting question because my undergrad is actually in accounting mm -hmm. um and so and there's actually a lot of former accountants i think that are now uh in the management profession i'm one of but them yeah too. so um <laughs> you know so i like numbers and things like that and i get to still do that with the statistics but for me as an undergrad i was also involved in a lot of different student organizations and so things like leadership and teams were always interesting to me. I loved my OB class. I liked my negotiations class. So that's kind of what drew me into OB. So I knew before if I was going to go get a PhD, it would be an OB. Um, I just never knew uh, when I graduated uh, with my master's at what point I'd go back. Perfect. So then one question that I really like to ask is, and it's kind of like a two-part question, um, First is, for you, what's the most fulfilling thing or part of this career uh, of being a professor? I think um, this is probably going to sound cheesy, but uh, I, to me, honestly, it's probably mentoring PhD students at mm -hmm. this point. Um, I like skill, you know, building their skills. I like teaching them kind of what it means to be a professor and things like that. I mean, I enjoy... I teach undergrads um, and I teach master's students as well, but it's really the mentoring of PhD students. And it's probably because I had really great mentors as a PhD student. Um, and so I think that that's one of the more fulfilling for me is to see them get their first publication and, and things like that. So uh, and in, in, that, in that line, I think this is, a, maybe I'm going to put you in the spot here or, or a hard question, but so when mentoring PhD students, right, we might be maybe difficult, some of us maybe, right? <laughs> difficult to coach, right? Or right. difficult yeah. to mentor, because we have our ideas, we think we're mm -hmm. smart. Right. Or uh, How do you deal with that? When you have a PhD student, you see there's potential there, but maybe there's a little bit of a barrier or I don't know. So how do you deal with like maybe the difficult PhD students? I'm probably more of one just to give them direct feedback. Okay. Um, so I typically, if you want, uh, you know, a candid look at, things I'm usually pretty candid with people and pretty nice. open so um, I think most you know in most cases I think PhD students the biggest thing for me that's helpful for a PhD student to have is a learning orientation and I think we all think we have that but it really comes down to can you take feedback um, are you willing to dig in and learn some really hard things sometimes um, and to be resilient as well 
And so the, the, the other part of that question, right, this was kind of like the best, mm -hmm. the most fulfilling stuff. What is the most challenging thing about your work or being a professor? I think it's still challenging. Actually, when I was thinking about this, um, you know, obviously getting a publication is challenging. I think the most challenging thing for me lately has been finding good data mm. uh, to, you know, from organizations and, and things like that. So it's really hard to go down, you know, and, and get an organization and then somewhere it gets stopped along the way to where, you know, I had an experience where I was going to collect some data within the University of Iowa and then they were going to have a dean change. And so, you know, the old dean was like, I don't think this is the right time. I'm leaving. Um, and so that falls through and you're trying to, you know, get this data to help students publish and things like that. So I think it becomes difficult because you have to give something back to the organization yeah. in order to collect data. And I think that is sometimes can be really challenging. And as you mentioned before, mentorship is really important. So what is one of the most helpful advices that you got when you were in your PhD program or throughout your career? So one of the most helpful, I think this applies really well for um, new doctoral students, is one of the things I was told uh, by one of my professors was that you kind of whoever kind of is in your cohort not just at your university but at other universities within a few years the people you go to the new doctoral student consortium with the people you go to other doctoral consortiums with they're all kind of your cohort and you grow up together in the field and so it's really important i think to continue to build those relationships and maintain those relationships at academy because you never know where they're going to lead right And you also, it, there's a kind of this sense that I think sometimes, especially uh, when you get on the job market, is you think, oh, that's my competitor, right? Because we're competing for similar jobs. But that's not really, I mean, it is somewhat true, but it's not the right attitude to take because, you know, you have no idea. Like in five years, you could be at the same university, right? And so it is a small field. And so getting to know the people You know, it's not just about networking upward, but networking within your peer group that I think is really important and that I never really thought about until they told me, you grow up together. So, um, you know, be sure to maintain those relationships. That's really good. Yeah. Um, and what about resources that you have in mind that would be helpful for students you, you can share with us? Yeah, so one of the books that I recently uh, came across is, it's a, actually a really small book called uh, Developing Research Questions by Patrick White, I believe is the author. And I started assigning it in my doctoral seminars because I realized we talk a lot about, oh, well, develop the research question. What's your research question? And yet we never really, even myself, after, you know, doing this for many years was like, I don't, I don't really know where my research questions come from or how to then develop them, you know, how do, how do I develop from a research question into a model that's testable and things like that. And I think that book does a really good job of thinking about what are some things that you either see in the literature or you see in the popular press or maybe from your own experience, what's a research question that you could you know, uh, 
draw from those experiences or literatures and then how do you make that more into a research study and I think it's a small you know not heavy reading by any means um, but I think it's a really helpful resource just to think about how do you develop research questions and so because I have you here we have you here and and you're the program coordinator for Iowa I think uh, one question that I I think it's really well to tailor to you is And maybe it's a two-part question, right? One is maybe what should a, a PhD student that is thinking on applying to a program or considering this career should think about, right? When, when applying, we're like scouting the universities. I think that's, that's one question. And the second one is once you kind of like, okay, uh, I'm going to apply or this is my selection, what, what do they have to be mindful for their applications, right? To have like a successful application. What's kind of like from your perspective as a PhD program coordinator or someone that maybe is in the committee reviewing stuff, what do you look for in, in students that are applying? Yeah, so I'll take the first question. I think as you think about, you know, what do I, you know, where should I apply and um, kind of how should I go about this? I think you have to think about what your career goals are. Um, and so, you know, most PhD programs at a very high research activity university like Iowa is looking to place people obviously within academia um, and at a high research activity school as well. And so if that's your career goal, then that's where you need to be applying. If that's not your career goal, uh, then you probably should be applying elsewhere. Um, I think it's also hard. We look at, um, you know, the, I mean, for the most part, high research activity schools all of their schools are good or all of their departments are good, but there is sometimes a disconnect between, yes, I know this school based on the U.S. News and World Report rankings, um, but maybe their management department is not as, um, doesn't publish as much mm-hmm. as, or doesn't train PhD students uh, for a career in academia. So I think you have to look then once you decide on kind of different universities, you have to look at the specific departments as well and see what they're researching. In terms of applications, I think, you know, one of the things that is becoming probably more and more important is to gain some sort of research experience. I didn't have a ton of it as an undergrad. I had worked on my honors thesis and um, served as an RA, but it was really, I mean, pretty simple experience. But yet I think that what we're really looking for is do you know what you're getting yourself into? Mm -hmm. So I don't think, you know, you don't, uh, you know, there's some misconception out there that you have to have a publication or you have to have submitted something to a conference and that's just not true, right? So I, I think you just have to know kind of what am I getting into? What does it mean to be a researcher? And probably the best way is to gain some experience with that with maybe one of your undergrad professors or one of, if you're a master's student, one of the professors at your university. And then like to add value to maybe someone that is already accepted, right, uh, coming into, what's kind of like maybe the advice, again, right, from your perspective as a PhD program coordinator to have success, especially in your first year, right? Because I feel like even if you kind of like know what you're getting into, I feel like unless you're there, you never understand the magnitude of like the uh, seminars, methods, and mm-hmm. read distance of papers, right? And like mm-hmm. you have to do m- maybe GRA work, right? And there's a lot, right? The first year especially, I feel like, and I, I, talking with friends, it's overwhelming, mm-hmm. maybe. And I don't want to scare anybody. It's really fun too, but that's the reality. So what do you think are like key things that a first year PhD student coming in 
needs to be ready or prepared for, for success, right? To have a, a nice first year experience. I think you have to pace yourself. And so it will feel like in your first year that it's this sprint, right? And we're all running really hard, but I think, you know, if you use the metaphor of more of a marathon, you got to pace yourself, right? Uh, so that you can get to the finish line. And I, I really think that first year is thinking about it in terms of what skills am I building? So I'm building skills to understand literatures, to know how to read papers and understand and kind of understand the contributions in methods. I'm building some, you know, methodological skills or analytical skills. And then at the same time, I think there's also this tendency among first years maybe to get involved in too much. And so I would just say, you know, if you started with two projects, in your second, you know, in your first year and you were working really hard on those, um, that would be enough. You know, you don't have to, you know, you can build from there, but don't, you know, a lot of times the tendency is to kind of say, oh, that project looks interesting. Let me do that. Let me do that. Let me do that. And then you spread yourself too thin um, and you don't get anything done. So it doesn't really matter how many projects you're on. It matters how many projects get submitted. Yeah. Um, and that's not going to happen in your first year. I think that's the other thing in terms of pacing yourself that you have to realize is there's a long finish line um, uh, to getting a paper submitted. And so it just is, to me, the key is consistency, just consistently working on a project each week. Um, it's not going to be done. You know, you're not going to be able to sit down and write a paper in two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and so just be consistent about kind of your work ethic. So before we finish, right, and we wrap up, since we're at AOM, like the, the largest conference, any advice for like PhD students when they come for like to the first conference, maybe AOM, and maybe particularly, I mean, a general advice maybe, and maybe an advice on, I feel like something that all PhD students want to do in their first, is reach out to like a senior professor, right, that they read a paper on their first year and they like maybe that, right, and, and because that can be awkward, that can be weird for the student, but also for the professor, like, So maybe any advice on that and that's in that area? <laughs> I mean, the advice that I give our students at Iowa is the best way to meet, especially a senior faculty um, or other faculty that, you know, you want to meet is not to go to their presentation and introduce yourself after they present. In most cases, they probably aren't presenting. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so go to a panel, right, that maybe they're on go to, there's a lot of different round table around research or PDWs specific to research topics where you're going to be able to meet them one-on-one -on -one and talk about research in a more natural setting than emailing them and saying, you know, I'd really like to meet you. Can we, you know, can we talk about your research? So I, to me, those are the things to focus on as a first year student is go to those round table discussions, go to the panels, um, go to the lifetime achievement award mm. type Uh, sessions where you can hear people talk about their entire career and really soak that up. I think you'll learn more from that um, than you will from going um, maybe to any particular session that's presenting papers. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Jennifer. Thanks, Beatriz. Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us. Have a great conference. Thanks. <laughs>